Let us turn in our Bibles to John chapter 11 as we continue our study from the book of John. And we'll be reading today verses uh, 38 through um, 44. And first of all, I want to thank you for praying for us, for uh, the team that went to Colombia. Uh, Certainly your prayers took us there and brought us back here safe. And we were blessed by your prayers as we were serving the Lord there and also enjoying the fellowship with um, our brothers and sisters there in Colombia. And they send you greetings. They are thankful for your support and the way you guys pray for them as well. So we're reading from God's Word, again from John 11, verses um, 38 through 44. Uh, This is the word of God. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he was being dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they might believe that you sent me. When he he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth, Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we read this passage, you reveal to us in this passage your love and your power. And how important it is for our faith to understand that you can and that you want. That you are almighty and nothing is impossible for you. And that you love us with unconditional love. So Lord, we pray that as we meditate on these verses today together, that you will enhance our understanding of these two important truths of your relationship with us, that you are a glorious Jesus, God, eternal, and that you also love us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing that this passage has in common with a miracle that we also studied together from chapter 9 is that it becomes very clear to us that uh, the circumstances that both the blind man 
and Lazarus experience one being blind from birth and Lazarus dying were no circumstantials. And we can say this about anything in life. God is sovereign and everything is under his control. But particularly these two passages start with making clear for us that God was behind what was happening with the blind man and what was happening with Lazarus. And he had a plan and a purpose with what he was doing. How can you see that? If you turn with me to John 9, a passage that we studied together, and you uh, read with me, when the disciples asked Jesus, why was this man blind? Is it because his father or mother sinned or he self sinned? Jesus answered to them in verse 3, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the work of God may be displayed in him. God had a purpose with the blindness of this man even before this man was born, that he would use it to display his power, to display his glory in Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ healed the blind man. And the same thing we find when um, Jesus responded to those who brought the message um, from Martha and Mary that Lazarus was ill. And he said to them, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So both the blind man and Lazarus experienced something in order to reveal something about Jesus. That something about Jesus will be made visible to everybody around Jesus. And I'm saying something and not directly just the glory of Christ because I think that as we have looked in these verses, more than just the glory of Christ is revealed particularly in the story of Lazarus. The two things that I think that are revealed in these verses in chapter 11 as we go through the story of Jesus raising Lazarus are that Jesus wants and that Jesus can. In other words, or another way to say this is that Jesus loved Lazarus and loved us and therefore because he loved us we know that he wants to show his love and compassion to us. And the second thing is that Jesus can, is his glory, that Jesus is almighty, that nothing is impossible for Jesus. And both things are very important for our faith. Both things are very important that we understand them for our faith. Because sometimes I think that it's uh, easier for us especially in our Reformed tradition, in our circles, in our Christian circles, to highlight that Jesus is almighty, that Jesus is God, that there is no, nothing impossible for Christ, and that should be enough to strengthen our faith. And then we miss to highlight that also he loved us. And just, and just believing in a God, in a Jesus that is almighty, that has all power, will not assure your heart that he will use that power to help you, to save you, to rescue you, 
when you need it. On the other hand, is if the only thing that you highlight is that Jesus loved you, but you have doubts or confusions or lack of understanding on his power, you are facing a situation that you have a, a God and a Savior who loved you, but maybe is not able to do something for you because he is no almighty, because there are things that are not uh, possible for him. And I think that as you look at, or as we have looked at together through this uh, chapter, through this story, this might be, I think, our fourth time uh, that we are looking at just the story of Lazarus' resurrection. We are seeing very clear in these verses that Jesus is revealing to us, and John, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is revealing to us that Jesus loved us, that he loved us, therefore he want, and that Jesus is God, therefore he can. And that's the two things that I'd like us to look at, not just in these verses that we read today, but throughout the test until this point, which is the pinnacle of the story. It's the, it's the point where we see, finally, the glorious act of Jesus raising Lazarus. We're going to be looking at together that Jesus loved us, but also that Jesus is God, that he is almighty, the glorious Jesus. But before that, I'd like briefly just to, to inform, especially for anyone who is new to this story, maybe somebody who is visiting us for the first time and have not heard what we have been studying for the last weeks uh, until this point. Jesus is in a place where he is teaching uh, the gospel, teaching the good news to people, and many people were coming to understand that message and believing in him. Jesus is in that place across the Jordan because he was persecuted in Judea by the Jews, by the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And when he's there, he gets news that a good friend, a friend he loved, was ill. This good news came from two of his sisters, the sisters of the man who was ill, Martha and Mary. Um, and Jesus told the messengers, the crowd, and his disciples that this illness will not lead to death, but to the glory of God, and that the Son of God may be glorified. Then because he loved them, he stayed two more days in the place where he was, rather than running right away to help Lazarus. Later, he talks to his disciples that he have decided to go to Judea um, because Lazarus was ill. His disciples were scared, concerned that Jesus was, was not thinking right because they have just left Judea because they wanted to kill him. Eventually, Jesus goes to the place where Lazarus, or gets close to the place where Lazarus was living before he died, which is Bethania, or Bethany. And when he is getting close, he's approached by Martha, the sister of Lazarus. Then he's approached by Mary, the sister of Lazarus as well. And both are concerned and express to Jesus the regrets that they had that Jesus didn't come Quick enough, therefore their brother had died. 
In a sense, they had doubts that Jesus could do something at this point. Lazarus was already dead, was buried four days. There was nothing to do. They were just sad that Jesus, whom they have seen doing great things for others, could not do something for their brother. There is where we get to this point in the story where Jesus finally gets close to the tomb and is about to heal or to raise Lazarus from the dead. But again, the first thing that I want us to consider from the whole passage, and if you have your Bible open, I'll just highlight moments in the story that will show you the love of Christ. Remember, Jesus raised Lazarus not only just to show his power, but to reveal to them and to us that he is motivated by his love in rescuing his people. In verse 5, John tells us that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This is God who inspired John to write these words. Therefore, God is inspiring John to tell them and tell us that Jesus really loved Lazarus and loved the two sisters as well. I asked a question some weeks ago. How much did he love them enough to give his life on the cross for them? Enough to leave his throne on heaven and come down to earth to suffer, to give his life for their salvation. This is how much Jesus loved them. Did they know the two sisters? Did Lazarus knew, know that Jesus loved them? Yes. When the sisters sent messengers to Jesus, we read in verse 3 that they sent to Jesus this message, Lord, he whom you love is ill. He whom you love is ill. You can see there that they are not even asking Jesus to come and do something for Lazarus. Sometimes we're, when we try to uh, tell the story to somebody else or to another person by memory, we, we're tempted to say they sent a message to Jesus asking him to come, but they did not do that. And they did not do that because they trusted that Jesus loved them. They trusted that Jesus will do the right thing. They trusted that Jesus will act based on his love and rescue Lazarus. So I think that is important for us, and I was uh, sharing with you and others back in Colombia that I read this verse as a prayer. It's the prayer of Martha and Mary to Jesus. They are praying to Jesus. What is to pray? Is to to speak to God, and they are speaking to God, they are praying to Jesus and asking Jesus to consider the one Jesus loved. So we are learning from the test, then, that Jesus certainly loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, and that the sisters knew that Jesus loved them. But we also learn from the test that because Jesus loved them, he decided to stay two more days where he was. 
And as we were studying that, we, we, we realized that the reason why he decided to stay two more days is because he knew that it was more important for them to see his glory than just simply healing Lazarus. If Jesus would have healed Lazarus, yes, they would have seen the power of Jesus at work. But raising Lazarus on the fourth day of him being buried on the tomb was another thing. I was thinking that maybe before Jesus came, they were regretting that Jesus didn't come on time. And during the time they were waiting for Jesus, they were really sad. But after Lazarus came out of the tomb and he was able to walk and they saw the glory of God, they were just thanking God that Jesus stayed two more days because they realized that they were seeing that Jesus was so loving and caring towards them that he wanted to show them his glory. You know that you are saved by trusting in Jesus, by believing in Jesus. That's what gives you salvation and eternal life, believing in Jesus. And therefore, Jesus wanted them to have that which is more important than anything else, that they are able to believe in him. But Jesus' love was not just for Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, but also for his disciples, because his disciples will experience that magnified glory in that moment. We read in verse 15 that Jesus was glad that he wasn't there when Lazarus died. He told that to his disciples. I was glad or I am glad that I was not there. Why? Because so that you may believe. So that you may believe. Jesus again is motivated in doing all this by his love for his disciples. And you know his disciples include you and me. He is glad that we are able to read this and see his glory in his action of raising Lazarus. Also, we could see Jesus loved for Martha and Mary in his patience. When Martha went and saw Jesus coming close to Bethany, Martha said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would have not died. The sad words are said by Mary when Mary comes to Jesus. And you don't see Jesus upset about that. You see Jesus in love and tender care for them, that he is walking them little by little to understand who he is. He challenged Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Is can you grow in your faith through what I'm about to do? You see, Jesus loved for Martha, Mary, and Lazarus in the way he dealt with them. Also, when we went through uh, verses 33 and 37 last or a couple of weeks ago, we saw that Jesus saw them weeping, saw Mar- Mary weeping, and also those around Mary And we read there that he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. 
From that, if you remember, a better read of the Greek test is that he was upset with the situation. Jesus was angry, in other words, at seeing what was happening there. And then later we see that Jesus wept. But why was he upset? Some people have argued that it's just simply because he was upset at the unbelief of those who were there. The Jews who were weeping, who saw no hope, and Martha and Mary. But I think that that includes more than that because when Jesus wept, it's showing that there is also, beside anger, sadness. And I think the sadness is towards the fact that yes, there is unbelief, but it's also the brokenness of humanity. It's the fact that Lazarus died. It's the fact that we live in a world where we all will die eventually. It's his sadness at our condition. Therefore, if you remember, that reminds us that Jesus feels our pain, that he understands our pain. That as a human being, 100% human being, when he took flesh, he felt our pain. We also see that those around Jesus, and saw Jesus weeping, verse 36, understood that he loved them. See how he loved him. See how he loved him. They were moved by seeing Jesus loving Lazarus the way he did. But at the same time, there is the, the unbelief and the struggle that they have. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also kept this man from dying? And remember that among those who are saying, see how he loved him, might be the, the ones that later will try to kill Jesus. They recognized Jesus loved for them. I think if they recognize Jesus' love for them, we should recognize his love for us. Then we see a wonderful act of love when Jesus considers those who are around in the passage that we just read today, and he prays aloud so people could hear his prayer, so people could understand his connection with the Father, so people grew, who could grow in faith, because that's the only reason why he make it public. Verse 41 tells us, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. He had no doubts about that, but I said this on account of the people standing around. That what? That they might believe that you sent me. You see, throughout the test, if you study it on your own, you will find that a, that a main point in all what we're reading here is that people will believe in Jesus. That's why he is doing all what he's doing. And he wants them to believe because he cared for them. Finally, you see Jesus' words to Lazarus. Lazarus, come out. An expression of his love. Not just for him, but for his sisters, but for his family, but for all of us. Because the miracle was about showing his glory to us. And that is an expression 
of his love. That's the reason why he came to this world. It cost Jesus his life to be able to tell Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. This is how much Jesus loved them, how much he loved them. And we can even see another detail of his love in the last part of verse 44. Unbind him and let him go. He even cared about Lazarus as if he was resurrected. Helping out. Make sure that he can walk. So it is important, again, brothers and sisters, for us that we understand that Jesus, the one who is glorious, loved you. That's a very important thing. Not just that he is God, but that God, man, loved you. Now, it is also important to understand his glory. And that's something that he revealed in his miracle. Verse 4, if we go back again in the test. But when Jesus heard this, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. This shows how Jesus was in control of all circumstances. This shows the sovereignty of God in this situation. All circumstances... Even that moment when Lazarus got ill, whatever reason he got ill, God was already preparing this to display his glory. In his words, Jesus already is testifying to the glory. He's demonstrating that what was happening to Lazarus and what was about to happen, that he would die, or by the point he's saying these words, Lazarus was dead already, will not lead to death, but to the glory of God. You see the sovereignty of God and Jesus' power in this situation. Later, when Jesus is questioned by his disciples in verse 9 or verse 8, uh, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered them, Are there no 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world, but if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. He was pointing to himself as the light of the world. He is the light of the world. If you are under Jesus, you are covered, is what Jesus is telling his disciples. Therefore, there is no fear they should have about returning to Jerusalem because they were with Jesus. But at the same time, the other aspect of verse 9 and 10 is that he's telling them that he is in control of the time when he will give his life on the cross. He was not in the hands of his enemies that they will take his life from him, but he is in control of the agenda. He is sovereign over the circumstances. Remember, before Jesus gets to where he is across the Jordan, he was already ready to be stoned by those at the temple. How did he escape that moment, that place? It is because he was always in control. 
Again, if we move forward to verse 15, Jesus also reminds them that the reason why he is glad, again, is because he wants them to see his glory. He wants them to see his might. Why? So that they might be able to believe in him. Because if they believe in him, they are saved. His glory is displaced in that. Also, we, if we move forward to verse 25, Jesus said to Martha, when Martha is having this struggle to, to know what to do about the fact that her brother has died, and Jesus told her that your brother will rise again. There is glorious, these are glorious words what Jesus said to her when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. When Jesus is saying, I am the life, he is pointing back to what we read in John 1. He is the one who created everything that exists. Humans, creation in general was created by Jesus, by his word. And it's not just that. He is the resurrection. He is the one who has the power to reverse our last enemy, which is death. It's a reminder of his glory. In his words, we see the glory of Christ as well. Then we come to our test today. In verse 39, Jesus said to those who were there, take away the stone. Jesus had no doubt about what was about to happen. He was no hesitant whether he will be able to raise Lazarus or not. We read afterwards that he had already prayed to the Father, that the Father and him were one. He is in control of the whole, of the whole situation. But think about Martha. Martha should have just trusted Jesus' counsel. In a sense, it looks like she's trying to advise Jesus on something that probably Jesus didn't know, that there will be other, because the man was already buried for four days. But we see the glory of Christ even in the fact that Jesus has the power and the authority and the confidence to say, take away the stone. And how does Jesus respond to Martha? Did I not tell you that if you see, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? What was Jesus saying here to her? Was he saying to her that him raising Lazarus will depend on Martha believing that he could raise Lazarus, and if she did not believe, therefore Jesus will not be able or will not raise Lazarus? We certainly know that that's not the answer because Jesus has already told us from the beginning that this illness will not live to death but to the glory of God. But what Jesus is telling Martha is what happened right there which is that only those who believe in Jesus were able to see the glory of God in the miracle. Think about this. Everybody who was there, everybody who was in front of the tomb, were already witness 
that this man was alive, that this man died, that this man was buried, that this man was certainly dead. And those who were around the tomb, all of them, saw the man walking out of the tomb. You will think that everybody saw the glory of God in that moment. That everybody was able to praise God because of what Jesus did of bringing Lazarus to life. But if you will read ahead in what we will be studying next week, 45 says that many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and have seen what he did, believing him, but some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And it is because Jesus showed them his glory that they decided to kill Jesus. Why? Not because Jesus did not display his glory in front of them, but because they did not believe. And only if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And it is for you and for me, right now, in this room, at this very moment, we can read this test, and only if we have faith, we will see the glory of God in these words. I wonder if you have read these words and you have said, wow. Which is not a word. But you are amazed of what Jesus is able to do. And the only reason why you are amazed is because you believe. And the only reason you believe is because it has been granted to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus himself said this to Nicodemus, and I keep bringing this on and on. Nicodemus' story, because he's what is playing, why some are able to see and enter into the kingdom of God. You need to be born again in order to be able to believe. And if you are born again, and if you believe, you will be able to see the glory of God. And if you are able to see the glory of God, you are able to see that, yes, Jesus can save me. Because he is God. But also you are able to see that Jesus loved you. Then we have these powerful words. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. Why did Jesus need to cry out? Is it because Lazarus was tied with the things that he was not able to hear his voice? I think it is because those around needed to hear that the power was coming from Jesus' mouth. That there would be no doubt and confusion that the only reason why Lazarus was coming out of the tomb is because Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. But it is the power of Jesus' word that gives life to Lazarus. Remember, by this point, this man must have been decomposed. Try to think about what happened inside that tomb when Jesus said those words. Think about that. Think about that miracle. 
so that the soul of this man will come back to him and he will be alive. That same Jesus is the one who had the power to give his spirit. Remember to the Father, it was his decision when he said, in thy hands I give my spirit. But that Jesus is the one who had the power to take his life back. Because only Jesus has that power. Why? Because he's God. Because he is almighty Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So, brothers and sisters, we see in this wonderful picture the power of Jesus and the love of Christ. And you and I need both things every day of our lives. Our faith rests on both things. Our faith rests on the fact that Jesus is almighty and that he who began the work in us will complete it until the end because he has promised that, because nothing can change God's plan because he is almighty. But it's also very important that you and I remember that that almighty Jesus loved us. Because it is in those moments when, when we go through trials that we, we will doubt, maybe not of God's power, but of God's love. But you have to trust Jesus because he loved you with unconditional love and nothing will ever change that. He has made a covenant with you. A covenant that is forever. So let us trust in his power and his love. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your grace and mercy you decided to reveal to us through this miracle the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your power. And that you have given us faith to read this and believe and therefore see your glory. We thank you that. Lord, it's all you. We have done nothing. It is your grace that have granted us the power to believe. We pray, Lord, also that you will help us to trust in your love. That as you loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, that you loved us as well. So much that you gave your life for us. Help us, Lord, to trust in that love, in that unconditional love for us, your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.